Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. It's Labor Day weekend. Every year we make it a point to talk to someone who is active in the labor movement here in the Mon Valley area. Something that has been interesting to me recently as, as a child, someone who grew up here and is now uh, in his late 40s, is that younger people seem to be getting more and more interested in organizing and getting active in local labor unions. I'm wondering if our guest this morning has seen that trend and also wondering how he chose to get active in his local union. He's Derek G. He works at uh, U.S. Steel's Edgar Thompson plant that's part of the Mon Valley Works, and he's a member of United Steelworkers Local 1219. Good morning, Derek. Hi. First things first, uh, what do you do at uh, Edgar Thompson? I'm a what they call a systems technician. I do uh, computerized automation of the mill processes. I handle calibrations for these different uh, flow meters and uh, process meters that controls the, the mill and, pretty and- much. And for people who maybe are not familiar with uh, Edgar Thompson, it is the last uh, integrated steel mill in the Pittsburgh area, meaning it takes raw materials and turns it into steel. Is that accurate? That is correct. This is uh, Andrew Carnegie's very first steel mill uh, that we are still operating. But um, what we do, of course, is so much different than what they did in the past. It's been so much upgraded, and uh, the process has been automated, like I said. And so things are a lot better down there than they were in years past. Well, I was going to say, when Carnegie was alive, they probably did not have a job of a systems technician there to uh, analyze uh, automated processes and make sure that they were going correctly. Um, Did you grow up in the Pittsburgh area? Actually, strangely enough, I grew up about maybe 10 blocks away from the steel mill, never really thinking that I would ever work there. Um, However, I went, it was a long path that I took to end up working there um, because sooner or later I I went to tech school after graduating high school. I went to tech school, downtown Pittsburgh, uh, graduated there a few, a couple years later, I ended up moving to Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, down in Baltimore was where I, got my first experience in the steel mill. Burns Harbor. Um, uh, that was the Bethlehem Steel, Sparrows Point. Yeah, oh, Sparrows Point, okay. And, yes, and I I spent eight years down there uh, working in the mill down there until they had uh, closed down. And then it was just time to move back home and you know, found a, um, you know, a good career with U.S. Steel there in Pittsburgh. And that was about 2011, whenever I started with U.S. Steel. And it's been, I've been there ever since and been enjoying my career. Uh, Derek G. is a member of United Steelworkers Local 1219. That's at the Edgar Thompson Works in Braddock. We're talking about uh, 
his experience in the labor movement in his local labor union. And later on, we're going to be talking about the bus tour that uh, the United Steelworkers went on. Derek was not a part of that bus tour, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about what that bus tour meant. So you, you mentioned you went to technical school in, in Pittsburgh. Was it for computer engineering or software? or or um... it, was, it was for electronics technology. Okay. Uh, so I have a two-year degree, associate's degree in uh, electronics and uh, after that, I went to uh, work in East Pittsburgh. It, it was a different company, but I went to work in East Pittsburgh, and then after that, I uh, got a job with a telemarketing, no, I'm sorry, not a telemarketing, it was a fiber optics mm. telecommunication company. They actually paid me to relocate to Baltimore, so they paid for my moving costs, and that's what got me in the door uh, down in uh, Baltimore, but then after September 11th, the place uh, business started really steeply sloping off in, mm-hmm. the, in that sector. Therefore, um, in desperation, not knowing I would find a better job and better <laughs> career opportunity, uh-huh. in desperation, I sent my resume to the uh, steel mill down there, and um, and then the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> you said you grew up about ten blocks. Uh from Edgar Thompson, where you now work, did, did you have any other family members that worked in the steel industry? Not that I knew of at that time, actually. Um, you know, I, I have to explain that, of course. My grandfather worked in the steel mill of um, dairy works, but I had no clue of that until I was you know, well involved in the steel mill in uh, Baltimore. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I had no immediate families that worked in the steel mill. Uh, nobody, um, none of my family, which is a big family mm-hmm. uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, none of them worked at uh, ET or Clareton Works. So, so I would be the first one to be working at ET for my family. Uh, we're, we're talking with Derek G., who's a, a member of Local 1219 of the Steelworkers Union in uh, Braddock. Um, wh- when you got hired down at uh, Sparrow Point, uh, Bethlehem Steel in Baltimore. Um, was that your first experience to, to being in a labor organization? I mean, were any of your other jobs unionized? No, actually, I worked at Giant Eagle, which is part of uh, United Food and Commercial sure. Workers. Um, and uh, But I wasn't involved with the union. I didn't really understand what it meant to be union. and uh, But that was my first union job. And then uh, second was the... Baltimore uh, steel mill. What, what was what was the difference uh, in getting involved in the steelworkers versus the the union at the supermarket? Was it that uh, you, you were a little bit older and you saw more of an advantage of it, or w- was the local a little bit more active? Or I'm just wondering. Well, I actually have to explain that yeah. uh, because yeah, yeah. I was not involved. Of course, whenever I worked in John Eagle, I was I was in high school. Yeah, you're young, probably. Yeah. Yes, and. But also, I wasn't involved in Baltimore either as far as, okay. you know, really being um, an official or, you know, going to meetings. Um, we had a different scenario in Baltimore. It was uh, the union was uh, was a lot larger. Um, there was a lot more people on that plant. And therefore, we had a lot more people that were involved. And you kind of you know, felt like you can sit back a little bit and not really have to do anything because they had your back. They they, they had it. Um, but then after what took place, 
uh, all of the different, yeah, there were a lot of different decisions made. I'm not going to go into detail mm-hmm. about that, but no. whenever I ended up losing my house, not losing my house, but um, whenever I had to, I, me and my wife had just bought a house down there, and then everything started falling apart with yeah. the steel mill. Um, I ended up moving back to Pittsburgh, but whenever I had to do this out of getting laid off from my job and everything, it lit a fire in me that I didn't want to have to go through this again. Huh. And whenever I was here in Pittsburgh with my new job with U.S. Steel, I'm meeting other people from other steel plants that have shut their doors. I'm meeting those people who have moved or didn't move but traveled the long distance yep. so that they can have a career with U.S. Steel. And they have similar stories and similar struggles so I, I was, I have to say I was in a better circumstance uh, due to just being a younger person. Some of these guys were close to retirement, sure. looking to, you know, have a stable way to go out of their career and have the rug pulled under from under their feet uh, at the last minute. That that would be, you know, the worst thing I could think of, actually. So That's interesting. That's a really interesting take on that. We have to take a 30-second break. When we come back, I want to pick uh, up what you just said there. And I also want to talk about, um, to me, there's something romantic. So having grown up in this area, there's something romantic about a steel mill, especially a, 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 where raw materials come in one end and steel comes out the other end. Uh, that's pretty miraculous to me. So uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, what parts of your job are, are rewarding to you, okay? Okay. Uh, Derek G. is a member of United Steelworkers Local 1219. He works at Edgar Thompson Works in Braddock. That's a U.S. steel plant. It was Andrew Carnegie's first uh, steel mill and uh, is the last remaining integrated, meaning raw materials in one end, finished steel out the other uh, mill in the Pittsburgh area. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes and Tube City Online Radio. We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Strifflers has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifflers offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Strifflers also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at strifflers.com or call 412-678-6191. When we took the break, I mentioned that it's, it's it's a very romantic thing to me, and I sort of grew up around it as it was still in its its last days of its heyday in in the Mon Valley area, in the Pittsburgh area, and it was always kind of exciting uh, to to drive past, and and there would be all these railroad cars, and there's you know ore and coal and minerals and whatever going in one end, and then there's, in McKeesport at least, there's truckloads of pipe and trainloads of pipe coming out the other end. What about your job at Edgar Thompson is is rewarding? What gets you excited to go to work in the morning? As a systems technician, um, well, my love has always been the electronics field, but however, uh, this is kind of different. It's, It's more challenging you get to see the whole steel mill making process. Uh, you get to see one of the things you didn't mention is that we completely recycle tons of scrap. Oh, yeah. And, and scrap metal from cars, from appliances. And that's, that's the beauty of being in the steel industry is you do to get to see how 
things that we create sometimes come back around and feeds into itself. So, you know, yesteryear's cars, yesteryear's appliances that we've created come back around and get fully recycled and used again to make newer products for this next generation and or to rebuild America, as we're talking about today. Um, so it, it's, it's a really good process. What I do, of course, calibrating different pieces of equipment. We have sensors all over the place, whether it be environmental sensors, whether it be uh, for temperature, for weights, measurements, uh, lasers. It, it's a really high-tech environment to work, and people don't, sometimes don't think about the steel mills as a high-tech environment, mm-hmm. but it is uh, due to uh, the increasing need to uh, stay competitive by way of of of, of upgrading our processes mm-hmm. to be fully automated as possible. And, and the hey, and, as well, and the steel that you make is sent to other either other either directly to other customers or to other U.S. steel plants um, to be turned into products that manufacturing factories can use. Is that correct? It has to be um, rolled and trimmed and all those kinds of things. That's correct. There are different processes and different need, needed processes for different types of grades of steel, um, whatever, whether it needs to be pickled first, and that that's a detailed process mm-hmm. of cleaning up the steel, and, or whether it needs to be hot rolled or cold rolled. or uh, there, There's many different ways that we uh, manufacture the steel for the different needs of the uh, consumers that we ship it to. I, I hadn't thought about the the aspect of the recycling, but when you come into the end of the plant there, for, for people who are familiar with the area, um, that's underneath the uh, Westinghouse Bridge in North Versailles, and you're sort of coming in from north the North Braddock end, yeah, that's all scrap metal that is being recycled. You, and you can see they've got different piles of, of different kinds of recycled metals that are going to be turned into new metals. I that I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's a big part of the steelmaking process is is reclaiming the older materials. And also, throughout the process of making steel, there's going to be some steel that you end up having to trim off mm-hmm. or you end up having to cut down. Uh, so that tube ends up feeding back into itself. So it's they're really, you know, per se, there really is no waste as far as the steel is concerned. Uh, whether it be iron products or whether it be steel after it's been rolled into um, semi-processed, semi-finished uh, uh, steel, there are sometimes you know ways that you have to cut it down or trim it to size, and then that you know waste material comes back and then gets fed back into the furnaces. And then the steel that, that Edgar Thompson makes and that it sends to other plants for, for finishing and processing, that generally goes into appliances, into cars, into what, just so people can kind of visualize in their mind? Sometimes it's appliance steel. Sometimes it's cars, uh, automotive uh, steels, um, the, the lower carbon mm-hmm. steels um, goes into uh, automotive type steel. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's many different products that we um, manufacture, and um, you know, not speaking just only uh, Edgar Thompson, mm-hmm. the, it's just United States as a whole um, used to produce enough steel for men for all types of steel needed in America, but of course 
uh, we've gotten away from that. I'm saying we, as United States, yep. as a country, yep, yep. our still still capacity has uh, shrunk into a dangerous level throughout the years, and um, and so that's that's of course, you know, what prompted you know the the tariffs of a few years ago. Yeah, and I want to get into more of that um, while we're talking this morning. Derek G is a member of United Steelworkers Local 1219 that uh, uh, represents uh, workers at Edgar Thompson Works in Braddock. Um, so you you mentioned before we took the break that when you were down in, in Baltimore working for Bethlehem Steel, that it was a much bigger plant. There were much more people involved. And you said that uh, the, the local union leadership kind of seemed like they had everything under control and they didn't need any volunteer help. Um, Braddock, uh, Edgar Thompson plant, I think has about 800 employees, something like that. So it's a, it's a smaller, it's a leaner operation. Um, when did you get involved with your local union there, 1219 in Braddock? It was probably about 2000 and I want to say 2017, 2016, somewhere around there. Um, I first went over there and wanted to just speak my mind about something that I didn't really think was correct Mm -hmm. and um you know i didn't realize that i was actually wrong in what i had assumed wasn't correct and it's a long story however the the president at that time president of our local uh, at that time had educated me as to why i was incorrect in my thinking and then after that i just kept getting educated more and more about what is supposed to be and all the different rules and regulations and how the company is supposed to be. And, you know, so, so being a part of something that educates you, it, it's, it's really rewarding to, to actually sometimes think, sometimes people think that being involved is just some, somebody uh, volunteering their time, their free mm-hmm. time. But no, you actually, the more you're involved, the more you get educated, and the more you get educated, the more you get, the more power you have. Education is power. Knowledge is power, and so therefore, I continue to gain more education and try to pass that on to the other people who uh, sit on the sidelines and sometimes don't want to get involved because they they assume the wrong things about what union life is all about. Well, I was going to ask you, we have another break coming up. The time goes quickly. Um, one misconception I think that, that people have, American labor unions, at least all the ones that I'm aware of, are, are run on a democratic system with lowercase d, meaning that, you know, you organize, you vote for candidates, you know, people have to make their case, and you have elections. You elect your local union officers, and then you elect your your district leadership and your national leadership. Uh, what what misconceptions do people have about unions that, that you find from your fran- family or friends or neighbors? There, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions. I, I truly don't want to get into them too mm-hmm. much, but it, it's really sad uh, whenever there's a lot of times, in a lot of cases, uh, sometimes there's third and fourth generation steel workers that are reaping the benefits of all that unions have fought for but yet they they either choose to not get involved or they want to bat mouth or whatever you know it you know it happens because we we sometimes we all get spoiled in our everyday life of you know uh, uh, reaping the benefits of all the freedoms that other people have fought and died for uh, so uh, 
But with that being said, I, I choose to, you know, not brush aside what other people have done. I, I, I choose to get involved and, and stay involved because, you know, you, you, you stay in the know, first of all. You stay in the know. You get educated more and more. And it gives you opportunities for, you know, helping somebody out, which is really rewarding. Let's take our second 30-second uh, break. When we come back, uh, let's wrap up and talk a little bit about some of the roles that you've had with Local uh, 1219 and also about you've become an advocate for local manufacturing. You talked a little bit about the importance of uh, American-made products and American-made steel, okay? Sure. Uh, Derek G. is a member of uh, Local Union 1219 of the Steelworkers. That's in Braddock. Represents workers at U.S. Steel's Edgar Thompson plant, which is part of the Mon Valley Works. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. We're back for a final few minutes with Derek G. He's involved with the United Steelworkers Local 1219. Edgar Thompson works in Braddock. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend, and that's what we're talking about, is his experiences working in the steel industry and uh, getting involved in his local union there in Braddock. Um, you went to your union meeting in t- uh, 2017, you said, to, to complain about something, um, and you found yourself getting more and more involved. So what kinds of roles have you taken on there at, the, at Local 1219? The United States workers locals have the capabilities of having uh, different committees, and the committee that I'm actually on, one of the committees uh, that I'm on, is the Rapid Response uh, Committee. Uh, now, this is a committee that's ran by the International. However, it's a it's kind of a gra- it's a grassroots type of uh, campaign where you. Um, you gain information, you gain knowledge, and then you disperse it amongst the uh, locals, and then we we tell our people about everything that's going on and uh, for for the bills and the legislation that we deal with in D.C. Um, or the state level. We go to the state house. We go to the uh, Capitol building. We speak to the different state reps and, and uh, federal reps, uh, and we uh, we tell them what our needs are, what our um, problems are, and they respond to us. They respond to us in a good way. Um, so, this is, whenever I see different things come about based on uh, the different bills and different legislation that we have been involved with, uh, that only empowers me more to continue to be involved. Uh, so it, it's a really good, rewarding uh, a committee to be in because you can actually see the difference that you can make by using your voice and you know helping others by helping them t- to learn how to use their voice as well. And a lot of times people don't realize how powerful uh, we do have a voice in this country. And, you know, sometimes they don't know how to use their voice in this country, even though that's what this country is all about. I, 
I, I don't want to touch on a on a sore subject, uh, but you, you you brought up the the local legislators, and it seems to me that uh, definitely on the state level and and also on the federal level, um, they've all been very deeply invested and. Um, interested in preserving manufacturing jobs in the, in the Mon Valley. I know we've had State Representative Austin Davis on the program. We've had State Representative Nick Pichitano uh, a few weeks ago on the program, and they all have talked about manufacturing State Senator Jim Brewster. Um, we're, I, I, like I said, I don't want to touch on a sore subject, but were you a little bit disappointed that U.S. Steel decided not to move forward with uh, some of the investments in Clareton and in, in Braddock that they were planning? That's definitely a um, sore subject. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in ET and everybody in Clareton and everybody uh, who works down there, sweats down there, uh, we were all looking forward to the uh, new green initiatives mm-hmm. that they were creating down down there, uh, both in Clareton as well as in Braddock. Um, however, you know, we can't make that call, so right. we'll leave it up to the – hopefully they'll – We'll leave it up to the people who are in charge of all that to change their minds, maybe. Um, hopefully there are some uh, deals that they can make. I don't know. but uh, it, it didn't seem like the door. It didn't seem to me from, from the outside um, like the door was completely closed. I honestly couldn't speak of that. The yeah. uh, only thing I can do is just go to work every day, and hopefully you know, things will swing our direction and uh, – uh, We'll see where it goes. Yeah. I, when I started the program off, I, I mentioned that I grew up in a generation where, where people my age were very suspicious of unions. A lot of times their their mothers or fathers were very suspicious of unions. And I'm sensing that the that the tables are trying to turn a little bit. I'm, I'm hearing more and more talk from especially people in their 20s and early 30s that they want to organize, they want to join a union. If there is a, a union in their workplace, they want to get involved. Um, what kind of advice would you have for someone who's who's in their 20s who um, I, I hear a lot of people in technical fields like yours, electronics um, and, and computers seem especially interested in, in unionizing. What kind of advice would you have for them? I would say to definitely get involved, stay involved, and educate yourself as much as possible about the union movements, about the um, about the inequalities of, of work workforce before unions, and see how unions have uh, improved the lives of so many people. Um, it, it's it's immeasurable to to speak about how the the change has been brought about. Um, the let's just say this: we talk about a lot about the uh, the wage difference between men and women. Well, with with unions, you really do away with that because you know every everybody's equal. You know, um, we in the past we've talked about you know inequalities between different races or mm-hmm. religions or even sexual orientations. Um, you don't have that in the unions because unions today, well, unions have been always about equality. So, you know, there's, I think what young people are seeing is that a lot of their problems go away with unions. And, you know, also what you see is in America, you see that the productivity has risen so high, so fast, but wages haven't ca- caught up to yeah. that. 
wages have, have kind of staggered, have tapered off, yep. even though productivity has risen so much more. So you, you start to see these CEOs and these people at the top taking advantage of all of these workers, and you, you, you know that unions are the only way that you can have a true voice in the workplace. We've been talking with Derek G. He is uh, a member of United Steel Workers Local 1219. They represents workers at U.S. Steel's Edgar Thompson plant in Braddock and North Braddock. He's a native of North Braddock. You went to Woodland Hills then? Yes, I graduated in 1995 um, from Woodland Hills. Derek, thank you so much. What are you planning to do for your Labor Day? Are you working Labor Day weekend or are you off? I'll probably be working. It. Uh, I think I'm on night shift, actually. But, uh, you know, of course we get... Um, through the union, of course, and the union negotiates the uh, 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 holiday pay, so it's not a bad thing to work holidays. Derek G. is with uh, United Steelworkers Local 1219. Thank you for taking some time to talk with us this morning, Derek. Thank you. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. I, I haven't mentioned it until now, but I'm National Writers Union from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.